We're so glad you're here. Thank you for taking this beautiful day and just to celebrate the Lord with us. Just a couple of things I just want you to be aware of and know out of, out of the gate. We, we have a micro campus that goes on every Sunday morning. Don't know if you know that or not. And we actually have ministry going on at uh, one of the RV sites here in Foley. And we have around 50 people showing up on a regular Sunday morning there. And uh, I think it was just, yeah, amen. come on, just give Jesus a hand. And so we have teams going out there ministering every Sunday morning as well to that campus, and we call it a micro-campus. I, I, you know what? We might just do all, we just might take the country by storm and do RV camps all over. That'd be great, huh? Come on. So yeah, why, why not? And, and uh, I think three people received the Lord last week, and the first time we ever did it, six people received the Lord. And so it's just been amazing. We had one, one couple showed up. We were doing some work, work night up at the church a few weeks ago, and a couple I'd never met before showed up. They said, oh yeah, we go to that little micro campus that you got going on, and we just wanted to help out. I'm like, that is so cool. So yeah, yeah that's really neat. <laughs> He said, I'm retired, I don't have nothing to do. My wife said, you need to go help. And so so he, he was helping. <laughs> we love that. Oh, man. Hey, listen, we're truly thankful for um, uh, the kids' ministry that we're getting ready to, in our new building. And just not too long from now, we're going to be in. And we're going to be firing up that kids' In fact, I ran into two families this week. That said, we can't wait to come to church when you're in the new building so we can bring all of our kids. We're still a part of Summit. We're just going to be there. And so we need you to help. We need you to you know, sign up and go, hey, listen, man, I want to be on the team. And uh, I want to help lead our children into ministry because it's not a, we don't call it um, uh, daycare. We don't call it children's, you know, you know, watch, whatever. We call it a ministry, a children's ministry, because it's really a ministry to the next generation. And we want to be a multi-generational church. And that, that means that we're going to take care of our kids. and They're going to know about Jesus. And so, you know, some of you are like, man, what, what can I do? Well, listen, if you love young people, you love being around kids and things like that, man, we, we need you. So please sign up uh, at the Connect Center. Let us know, man. That's part that you want to play, and we'd love to connect with you on that. And also, if you just don't have anything to do, tomorrow morning around 8 o'clock, we're going to have a little work going on at the new facility and uh, move some things around. Love to have you come join us. As I'm talking about the new building, let me just say on April 3rd, we're going to have a work day that morning as well. It's a Saturday, a couple weeks from now, almost two weeks, and we want you to come be a part of that. We're, guess what we're going to do? We're going to, on that day, we're going to be just doing a bunch of things, just because our goal is to be into that facility on April 11th. Um, now, we're, we, we was trying to do Easter, but I, we just... We, we could have been, but I'm not sure we would have had everything together. And so we're just going to go for April 11th, so we make sure everything's together. You probably saw this. We'll be right here on Easter. And uh, so that's the goal. April 11th is what we're looking for to be in the new building. Some cool things are happening. Um, so met with um, this... Uh, I met with this uh, landscaping company uh, this past week. In fact, the, uh, the Munzers, Melanie uh, and Stuart Munzer, they, they go to church here, and her brother is a landscaper and uh, from another state, in fact, and he was in town this past week. And uh, he, they had gone and looked at the building and scoped it all out and mapped it all out. And we sat down and had coffee, and he said, listen, I want to talk to you. And, and he showed me all this beautiful landscaping around the building. I mean, talking about palm trees all the way down the side of the parking lot, all the way back to the end of the property. 
I'm, t- I'm talking like, what in the world? I said, this is beautiful. He goes, I know, I know. Um, and and, and uh, I said, this is amazing. And he said, what's your budget? And I, and I told him, you know, it's like, you know, this, you know. And he goes, and he showed me the proposal. It was like this, you know what I'm saying? And um, I'm like, oh, man, I, I think that's really beautiful, but we're not going to be able to, you know, we have a couple roses maybe, you know, or... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll just settle for crabgrass. I mean, really, anything. I, we just, if it's green, we'll just put it up. In, and uh, he goes, I'll tell you what. He said, um, you just give us this little bit, and we'll do all of it. We'll just do it all. Goes, Come on. Oh, man. I'm like, I'm like, seriously, like real big palm trees? He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it right. We're going to do it big. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then, and then, and then, no, we're, still, we're not done yet. And so then, uh, of course, we got Ron Warner, and he represents the Warner family. And of course, the Warners are known around here for turf. And so we had a little conversation this past week or two, and, and uh, the Warner Corporation said, listen, we're going to donate all the grass, all the sod, everything you need. I'm like, wow. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, I just like, I'm looking forward to somebody calling me. I'm just like, you know, answer the phone. Well, I'm almost ready to tempted, like, what do you, what, I answer the phone and go, hello, my name is JP, what y'all going to donate? I'm, I'm, let's just cut to the chase. I'm just kidding. But, but it's really amazing to see how the Lord is um, moving and pulling it together, and we're excited to be at them. Hopefully we'll be done with the floors this week, and they'll be hanging sounds, uh, sound this week as well in the new building. So anyway, looking forward to it. I, I don't know if you heard the little boy, he, he was in a relative's wedding, and he started walking down the aisle and repeatedly every two steps he would put his hands to his mouth and he would go, roar, and take two steps and to the other side, roar. And he did this all the way down the aisle, roar, roar, roar. And everyone's like laughing hysterically, what is wrong with this kid? But this is so funny and tears coming down their cheeks. Finally, the little boy makes it to the front, standing next to the groomsmen. And one of the grooms leaned down and said, what in the world are you doing? And the little boy's about to cry and he says, why are they laughing at me? You told me to be the ring bear. <laughs> ring bear, just being the ring bear. <laughs> Well, we're in a little series called uh, To the Other Side, and we've been talking about transition recently and fitting, in, especially in the setting that we're in as a church, as a local body, and moving from this location to another location. And, and I'm just going to continue on that little thread for just a few uh, more weeks, and let me just rehearse for you what we talked about last week. We talked about how to make a successful transition, and there are three major components that we need to look at when you make a transition. One, as God told Joshua, he said, first of all, uh, Moses is dead, which speaks speaks to us to the fact that if you're going to make a transition, you got to realize that you can't dwell on the past anymore, uh, that you can't bring the past into your future. And so secondly, we talked about how Joshua needed to own that moment, that he needed to realize that now it was up to him to bring the people of Israel full circle, and he was the man, and you have to own the moment that you're in and take responsibility for the place that you're at. And number three, we talked about how it's so important to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Isn't that good? That the Bible never talks, and God never says in his word, there's never a promise, I promise to make you comfortable as long as you live. You can't find that. If you can't find that, please show that to me, because I want to read that 
and memorize that, but it doesn't say that. That God's not in charge of making us comfortable, but he is in charge and desires to bring us into our purpose. And sometimes that's not comfortable. Well, let me ask you this question as we move on today, as we begin. How many here would say, um, I've had probably a few rough transitions in my life? Raise your hand. I've had, I've had a few rough transitions. Amen. Amen. I think we could all say that. Maybe it was a, a rough transition <clears throat> going from being single to being married suddenly realizing that this person you married isn't like you and they're not as perfect as you. And, and that, that was a stark realization. Or maybe, unfortunately, you went from being married to single. Maybe you went from a transition from a job to no job or a transition from no job <clears throat> to a stressful job. Or maybe a transition where you had no family really before, but you married into and brought in a blended family, or you had a marriage before, and you brought a couple of kids, and she brought a couple of kids, and now you're trying to transition into that and figure that out. Maybe you had a transition where you were a leader in one city, and God moved you to another city where nobody knows you, and you're starting all over again, and trying to build up your um, awareness of, to others of who you are. Maybe you lost a good reputation because of some circumstance in your life. And now you're transitioning to build that reputation back up. Maybe you had lots of money one time and now you're transitioned into having no money. Or maybe you had no money and you're transitioning into the place where you have an abundance of money. Maybe you've been unfamiliar with death or um, heartache before, and now it seems like that's all you've been experiencing, and you're trying to transition in this space of time and work through heartache and, and, and those kind of things. Or maybe you uh, were in a tear-down church, and uh, set up and tear-down church, and you're transitioning into a permanent location. Come on, somebody, say amen. And, and you're in transition as a corporate local church. Well, let me just say this about transition. First of all, let me just remind you what our vision statement is here at uh, Summit Church. We have a vision statement. Everybody needs to know this. In fact, you need to memorize this. Our vision statement, number one, is to know God. Number two is to grow in our faith. And number three is to make impact in our community. And guess what? All of those three things involve transitions. Which was, if we, do we have the slide of those things? No, maybe not. No, you don't have that. Okay, never mind. So everybody say, know God. No God. Everybody say, grow in faith. Grow and everybody say, make impact. make impact. So when you're growing in God, you're transitioning from a person that doesn't know God into a person that does know God. And that's a growth aspect. It's transitioning. You're transitioning from a small, small spiritual growth to large spiritual growth. You're growing in God. You're transitioning from small impact to large impact. All of it involves transition because maturity is transition. Good transitions are beautiful. Bad transitions are costly. But we're all in transition in our life. One degree or another, we're making transitions. Thank God you're not wearing diapers today. Come on, as we're sitting here together. Thank God you're not having, you don't have a pacifier in your mouth and carrying a bottle around in your hand. You, you've made transitions through life. We're going to talk about that because they're very important. There was the Olympics not too long ago, and there's a race called the 4x400, and, and it's a, an Olympic race, and it's, 
and you actually have a baton and you run 100 meters and you hand it off to the next guy and he runs 100 and so on. And so four guys received this baton and they were in the qualifying heats just to get into the, made, to the final race, the United States was. And, and the first guy handed it off to the second guy and it was a smooth transition. But the second guy handed it off to the third guy, but the third guy he looked ahead before he looked back. You got to look back and make sure you got a good handoff. But he started looking ahead too much. And as he was doing that, his hand was going like that. And the runner was trying to hand it to him, but his hand was going up and down. They went from being in first place to fourth place in just one series of a couple seconds because there was a bad transition. The good news was that the guy that got the baton ran like fire because <laughs> he realized he was going to lose the race if he didn't and they ended up winning thankfully but you a, a good transition depends on 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 your ability to walk this thing out with the lord so we've been in 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 a, in, a, in the holy spirit in a beautiful way so we've been talking about the book of Joshua and the background of the story was that Moses, as I mentioned, was now dead. Joshua had taken the lead. God says, I want you to lead these people now into this land that I've given you. And uh, I want you to command the officers of Israel to go through the camp, tell the people to get their provisions ready, because in three days we're going to cross the Jordan and take possession of the land the Lord has given us. Be strong and courageous. Be strong, be courageous. Be strong and very courageous, he says to Joshua. So I want to give you really quickly this morning, movements of transition, movements of transition. Number one, when you're going through transition, you need to understand that transition moves you towards pressure. But the very fact that you are in transition means that you are moving towards pressure. Look at this, Joshua chapter 3, verse 2. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people that when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Now, the Jordan is at flood stage. Everybody say flood stage. All during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge. And it goes on. Here's the idea I want to give you. That most of our lives, we are moving from normal, comfortable, to pressure. And then we get comfortable with the pressure, and then God moves us again towards pressure. And we feel like we can't handle it. And then finally we get used to that, and, and we get comfortable with it. And then he moves us to pressure again. And, and, and we look back at your life and, and your life is nothing more than a series of going from normal to pressure, normal to pressure, pressure becoming normal, normal to pressure again. I remember, you know, being in, like all of us, you know, in, in elementary school and middle school, fifth, sixth grade or whatever. And I just felt like school was a bummer. I hated school because it was just pressure. You know, I, was, I had to study. I had to learn my alphabets. I had to, you know, learn all these things that I, I didn't want to learn, didn't understand, or, and, it was, and I had to apply myself, and, and it was pressure. And then once somebody told me, well, wait, JP, till you get into seventh grade. I said, why is that? He goes, because you get to do term papers. I was like, what's a term paper? He goes, oh, yeah, you'll find out. 
and you'll hate it. You'll hate every minute of it. And, and, and I did. And I, I realized, man, that's pressure. You know, when you start the year, they go, oh, we're going to have a term paper due by the end of the year, you know, and it's got to be so many pages, double spaced, and everything's got to be correct, blah, blah, blah. And it's got half of your grades going to be this term paper. And you're, it's like a cloud hanging over you. I was like, this is too much for a seventh grade. I can't handle this. And then they say, well, that, that's not pressure. Wait till you get to the ninth grade. Why? Because you get to go to algebra class. What's algebra? Oh, you'll know. I hated algebra. I hated it with a passion. I dreaded it. And then we were in algebra class, and they, and they said, well, wait till next year. You think this is bad? We're going to go to geometry. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just too much pressure for me. I, I don't need all this pressure. Go, oh, that's nothing. Yeah, wait till you make you know, your first car payment. Come on, then you have to start car insurance. Oh, really? I got to do that now? Oh, yeah. Well, then, that's, and then you get used to that, and they go, oh, oh you got to move out of the house now, and you got to pay taxes on it, and now you got to rent an apartment and pay your car insurance and your car payment and, and, and then your own groceries. I'm like, what? What? This is too much. And then they can say, well, wait until you buy a house. And then they say, wait till you get married. Then they say, wait till you have a kid. Then they wait till you have two kids, three kids. And, and wait, then finally it's wait till you die. <laughs> and so basically life is nothing more than a series of pressures, right? And, and you kind of get used to pressure over time and it becomes something you're comfortable with. And, and, I, and I, I believe that John Maxwell, the leadership guru, has it right when he says that, that we, really, we really operate at our optimum space when we are right there at this line of about to break. We're almost like, oh, so much pressure, I'm about to crack. It's right there when you're at that point that you're really operating all cylinders and you're really getting the most out of your life. In other words, what he's saying is, if you really want to be successful, or if you really want to fulfill the purpose that God has for your life, you're going to have to be comfortable living under pressure. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, it's coming your way, baby. Come on, just go ahead and tell them, it's coming your way. Somebody says it's already here. Come on. I like that. In Isaiah 28, verse 10, he tells us that everything he tells us everything over and over, one line at a time, one line at a time, a little here, a little there. It's, it basically says as we go from glory to glory, precept upon precept, here a little there, that God is always taking us from pressure to pressure. So for three days, God takes this, this, this nation of Israelites and he says, I want you to camp beside the Jordan River. For three days, I want you to camp right there and I want you to look at this river that's flowing by at flood stage. Not a little stream, not a little tiny brook, not a little place to put your pole in and go, oh, let's so, look, let's catch a couple of fish. Let's see, what's, look, look what we're going to inherit in a few days. Oh, we're going to the other side. We're going to just kind of walk a, across this little brook and we're going to be on the other side into our pond. No, we're talking about a river at flood stage. Now, well, the Jordan River, if you were to go there today, is not all that wide. But because they've done, the Corps of Engineers have done work and they've, they've kind of contained the Jordan River. But in that day, there were no Corps of Engineers. And when the harvest time came or when, when the flood season came, from all that water melting from Mount Hermon came down, flowing down. And it was just, some theologians said it was a mile wide. A mile wide. It was like water everywhere. 
And here God says, I want you to camp here and I want you to watch all this water in front of you. It's a flip Now, Now, I mean, there's things going on. I, I, I was, uh, when I grew up, the end, I grew up on the Mississippi River. Our little town was right there next to the Mississippi River. The, in fact, the end of Main Street, if you were just to go to the end of Main Street, we'd go right into the Mississippi River. I mean, you have to stop right there. That's the, the end. There's a little park there. That's the, that's the end of our little. And so I grew up watching this mighty Mississippi River flow in every springtime. This thing would come out of its banks. It would just flood everything. In fact, the ball fields where we played baseball were located in the lowlands of that little city and the water was always covered. We would go down to the baseball fields and it would be, you know, a foot to a foot of water over the ball field. We never even got to practice for ball until half the season was over for everybody else. It was because because we, we lived in this little particular area where it always flooded. It was crazy. And if you can imagine these, these Israelites watching this water flow by, it's roaring by. And they're looking and they're seeing like sheep come floating by and a cow and oxen come floating by and the roof of a house come, you know, by. there's things going on floating by. When, when something's roaring and it's flooding, it's, it's, it's a powerful noise. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if you've ever seen that or been, and you realize the power of this thing. And so they're sitting here for three days and they're going, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of water. That's a, that's, that's a whole lot of water. And, and, and someone said, well, let me just take a step out there. And they're like swept down, you know, the river and they rescue them down the stream. And they're like, don't do that again. Well, we're going to go to the other side. How are we going to do this? I don't know, but we're just going to kind of watch this play out. What? Pressure is mounting and it's mounting. And then the word comes down the line to the priest. Oh, priest, Levite priest. Um, the word has just come, the memo from Joshua. Um, you're supposed to take the Ark of the Covenant this huge, massive, you know, thing made out of wood, overlaid with gold, with two angels, cherubim on the top, and with staves like little poles, and you're supposed to pick this heavy, monstrous ark up, and he wants you to go cross the river. Uh, can someone make sure that he's come down here looking at the same thing we're looking at? He wants us to do it. Yeah, he knows what it's looking. He's been looking at the river. He knows what's happening. He, but he said, you're supposed to take this ark and you're supposed to cross this river. In fact, he wants you to go in the middle of it and stand there. And they're like, has he? No, I mean, you would be in, I'm sure they didn't say this, but in their minds they're like, this is insane. This is, can't happen. This, this, there's no way we can do what we're being asked to do. Can, go tell him that this is a very hard task. Oh, and so they come back and they go, we told him. And what did he say? He said, be strong and courageous. They said, well, tell him to come on down here and carry it over there then, huh? I mean, that's... <laughs> but no, but Joshua... Listen, you make sometimes you make decisions because the pressure's mounting. You got to make a decision and, 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 and you have to believe something inside of you that God is leading you or you'll back out of this thing. And so, so they're down there and they're watching this, this, this river go play out and he says, be strong and courageous. This word strong, we talked about a few weeks ago, the word strong by definition means the ability to handle pressure. 
Listen, what if, it, what if you were one of those priests and you were picked to cross this river? You got a flowing robe on, some sandals, no swimsuit, no scuba gear, no boat, no engine. You just got your sandals and your hand on this ark and you're walking out there and you're going to just kind of do the little doggy paddle. You know, that's what you're thinking. You're going you're gonna to do this, you know, across this river that's flooded. You're under pressure. Your heart's beating. You're like, the Bible says they even put their foot in the water. They're under pressure. God wants you to go to the next place you're in, not comfortable, but under pressure. When you're under pressure, that's a good sign that you're about to enter into a transition. Oh, I'm preaching good. Come on. Don't curse your pressure. Don't get mad at everybody else because it's so tough on you. Embrace the pressure. Give God praise for it and worship your way through the flood. Mm. Now, I know some of you may be familiar with this, but some may be not, not, and it's called the 212 principle. 212 principle is this. At 211 degrees, water that you have put on the stove and heated up is just hot water. It's there, it's sitting there, and if you were to put your finger in, it would hurt you, but it's just hot. But at 212 one degree more, something begins to happen to that water that you just were looking at. Bubbles start coming up. Not at 211, not 210, not 28, but at 212. One more degree, this thing begins to boil. And as you watch it a little bit longer, you start seeing steam rise from this water at 212. Now, engineers know and they can tell you that if, if you want, you can, you can actually capture this steam and turn this steam into power. Enough power to literally use and, 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 and cause a locomotive to, to travel down two rails called a rail, up mountains and through valleys, all because there's something inside this thing that's boiling over with pressure. What am I saying? I'm saying sometimes you have to understand that God puts you in a pressure situation because he's wanting to release his power from your life, not tear you down and break you up. Because when you're underneath enough pressure, what comes out is the anointing of the Lord that he's put inside of you. And what people see in you is not somebody cracking up and breaking up and falling apart, but they actually see the glory of God upon your life because you are under pressure, but you're handling it because you got God. <laughs> we got people out there in the world and they're under 212 pressure and they're not making it. They're cracking up under the pressure, but not you, not you. You have learned and you are learning how to handle transitions. And what if you just you said to yourself, and which has happened many times in so many people's lives, they get to 
The pressure's building. It's building. The kids, you know, are on your nerves. The job, the pressure on the job. You got deadlines to meet, and your husband's not doing what he's supposed to do. He's not carrying the load like you think he should. And the finances are building up. You got bills that haven't been paid. And the car's making some noises that hadn't made before. You and your 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 your, your neighbors are cussing you out because your dog barked too long last night and you're just like you're just under this pressure and you're like I think I'm about to explode well listen sweetheart when you're at that point this is where you're at that God brought you so you could go to him worship and praise him and he can turn this pressure into power and people can see joy and peace and love and kindness and generosity come out of your life that's not you you could step out and you could go, you know, I'm under too much pressure. Maybe it's 205. Maybe it's 202. Maybe it's 210. I'm just under, I can't take any more of this pressure. I'm out of here. I'm going. I'm bolting. I'm, I can't take it anymore. And you are one degree short of missing the very deliverance of God in your life and the very purpose in which he had destined you for. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, Embrace the pressure. 212's coming. Come on, go ahead and tell them. 212's coming. Mm. Secondly, what we learn, movements of transition, that transition moves me to move. Transition moves me to move. Joshua 3, verse 3, giving orders to the people, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. If you look up that word move out in the Hebrew text in which it was written, it means literally to go after or to pursue. To go after, to pursue. Pursue. You're, you're, you're not going to sit in your tent anymore and think about it and wonder and second guess and see and think maybe Joshua's not the guy and maybe this isn't our time. And do they really understand what's happening? There is a flood, you know, going on. There is a river that's out of its makes. A, I don't know if this is like the best idea in the world. I, I don't know. No, when you, when, when, when you sense that God is moving, you are to move out of your position. You are to, to pursue what God is putting in your life. It's time. Just quit thinking about it being, uh, being over. It's time to go. It's, they say in the sports world, it's go time. It's go time. Turn your neighbor and say, it's go time. <laughs> Listen, when a woman's water breaks, y'all familiar with that term? Some men are like, what's that mean? When a woman's water? If you're married, you know what this, if you have kids, you know what this means. When a woman's water breaks, it's go time. <laughs> it's time to get serious. It's, it's, it, this is not the time to go looking for your pajamas, to go to the gas station and make sure it's filled up. It's not the time to look for your house shoes. It, it, it's, it's go time. When, 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 you're, when, when the woman is nine months pregnant, and, and suddenly the water breaks. She doesn't say, hey, I think I'm going to go get my nails done. I, I think I'm just going to waddle on down and get my nails done. And then I'm going to go to 
to Walmart and get some goodies. Uh -uh. No, no. When your water breaks, you got a little bit of time to move out. You got to move out. <laughs> we had our first child. I was so frustrated with my wife because she would be like, like I remember the first, the first, our first child, and it was about three in the morning, and she, she, she goes, I mean, she, I, I, she kind of wakes me up because she's going, rolling back and forth. And I said, are you okay? Everything okay? She goes, oh, no, I'm, I'm having contractions. She's come off the bed. I'm jumping. I flipped the light on. I said, let's go, let's go. She goes, oh, settle down. <laughs> she said, get back in bed. Oh, you just said contraction. That's a word. It's go time. She goes, let's just wait this thing out. I'm like, are you kidding me? The hospital is 30 minutes away. I can't deliver a baby while I'm driving. She goes, it'll be all right. You think I slept the rest of the night? I didn't sleep. <laughs> it's go time. I remember our first, our first child, our second child. I don't know. I can't remember which, maybe, which child it was. But we... But uh, we went to the doctor. He'd had contractions, so we and, and it just happened to be, you know, uh, she was had a scheduled doctor's visit that next day. Anyway, so I, she'll probably correct me. It's probably all wrong, but this is the way I remember it. So it's right. So so I do remember this part. So I do remember we're at the doctor's office, and he goes, and he's and I'm there and, and everything, and he goes, no, it's it's his time. It's time, it's time to to have the baby. It's just it's it's right here. He goes, let me call. He has a phone on the wall. He goes, let me call over to the hospital and get a room for you. And, and he's walking across to the room. And I thought to him, you know, when you're under pressure, you don't know why you do things. I, I said, I ran over to him. I said, stop. And, he's, and this doctor looked at me. He goes, what? I said, let's just think about this for a second. <laughs> <That's what's, laughs> and he, he goes, I said, wait, wait. I, this is happening too fast. This is what I said. This is happening too fast. I, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. He goes, it's going to be okay, son. Is there a room for this? And, and my wife's like, get over here. Get over here. Get over here. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't, wasn't ready. It was, it was go time, and I wasn't ready. Listen, you'll never feel like you're ready. She was ready, but I wasn't ready. <laughs> and, and, but when it's go time, when, 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 when transition time comes, you have to move out. You have to reconcile it in your mind. I don't have a choice. This is where God has brought me. I have to go through this. But when I go through this, something exciting is waiting for me on the other side of the river. I'm going to go through this. It's going to be faith. It's going to be, it's going to be trusting God. It's going to be worship. But I'm going to get to the other side. And thirdly and lastly, transition moves me towards an inner struggle. An infant in the womb is basically at nine months saying, hey, I can't stay in here much longer. Poof, poof, poof. Hey, hey this, this isn't working out anymore. 
I, I got to get out of here. I, I, I need something else. This is, I'm not, I don't like this anymore. And, and, and that baby's fighting to get out of the womb. Transition is a result of a decision that says that you say, I'm not staying in this small place anymore. I, I, I believe there's something bigger for me. I, I'm a little intimidated by it. I'm a little fearful a little bit. But I believe that God's taking me to something higher, something bigger. My purpose, his plan for me. And I, I'm going to get out of this thing. I want to get out of this. This inner struggle, this, this inner struggle to play it safe and yet to take a step of faith, to, 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 to be easy and just to live life and, and yet to step out there in God and do something that, that, that's, that's a little challenging that you, you don't think you can do on your own. There's a war going on within all of us, an inner struggle. The Bible tells us about Isaac, the son of Jacob, Abraham, and, and Abraham was promised that He'd be a father of many people, and then he has a son named Isaac. And the problem is, he has Isaac has a has a wife, and she's not she, she's barren. She can't give birth, and she's frustrated. And she's like, "What's wrong with you?" He's like, "Why are you mad at me?" You know. And she goes, "Do something, help me have a baby." And he goes, "I'm trying." And, and she says, "Do something." So he goes to God, and he prays. It says, please with the Lord on behalf of his, of his wife, it says in Genesis 25, because she was unable to have children. And the Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. But the two children struggled with each other in her womb. There was something going on that wasn't even just like typical even of of a person with twins. It was abnormal. And she went and she asked the Lord about it. Why, why is she asking the Lord about it? She's asking the Lord about it because something's going on inside of her and she's, she's like shaking up and she's like, oh, I know perhaps there's, oh, there's got to be another lady in this town that's had twins before. I'll go talk to her about it. And she goes and says, hey, hey, listen. Um, <laughs> they said you had twins before, right? Yeah, I had twins. Well, is this normal? <laughs> Is that, is that, you know, she got her shirt. Is that normal? <laughs> Lady goes, oh my God. I've never seen such a thing. Yeah, I, I know a friend of mine, she had twins. She lives in the next village. Why don't you go check her out? Okay. She goes, boom, 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 boom. Hey, is this normal? Lady's like, Man, I don't know what you got going on in there. <laughs> Looks like a boxing match up in that, ha that thing. So she prays. She goes to God. She, she goes to God. God, she says, well, what's going on in my womb? And God responds. And he says, I'll tell you what's going on. He says, the sons in your womb are two nations. And they're warring against each other. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. You got two nations inside of you, sweetheart. You got two people that are trying to take control, take, take the lead in your womb. And they're not waiting till they're you know, in kindergarten to fight it out. They're doing it now. They're starting now. The boxing match is now. 
And in every single one of us, there's something going on. There's a struggle. There's an inner struggle. There's two nations. There's condemnation and propitiation, which is salvation. There's damnation and salvation. There's retribution. There's reconciliation. There's two nations inside of you. One follows the flesh and desires the fleshly world. One desires the spirit world. One wants to do his own thing. One wants to do what God wants to do. There's two nations warring against you all the time. One wants to aspire to great things. One wants to do great things. One wants to live in carnality. One has vision. The other doesn't. One wants to hear God. The other wants to please people. There's a fight going inside of you. Even so much so that Jacob and Esau, as they're wrestling inside of her womb, Esau's about to come out. And Jacob's like, oh, no, you don't. He grabs a hold of his heel. He's pulled him. Can you imagine the little baby literally is in the Bible, pulls, grabs his heel and is pulling him back into the womb. This struggle when it was real inside of her womb and the struggle was real inside of yours. But it's a sign that transition is coming, that God's kingdom is on the verge of enlarging and expanding and breaking out into our community. The transition you're going through is real. The struggle you experience is real, but it's God-ordained, and you're going to make it through. You're going to see God do miracles through your life. Power is going to be released from the transition coming through your life. My Lord Jesus. Don't think you're weird because you have struggles going on inside of you. It's, it's a sign. It's a good thing that you're struggling. When you stop struggling, that means that you've given up. I have a worship team come as we close out this morning. I believe here today that there is people that understand and you're in that transition in different areas of your life. You get what I'm talking about. It makes sense to you this morning. I want us to stand to our feet and prayer teams, if you wouldn't mind coming to the front as well this morning. There's a war going on inside of you. There's something happening inside of you. And I believe there's some people here this morning that you come, and as I'm just even talking about this struggle inside, the flesh warring against the spirit, the, the God warring against the demonic, the, the, the good against the bad, this, this war, soul versus spirit that's been warring in your life. Can I tell you that you can, you can bring a close to that battle, to that war this morning. You, you, all it takes is a decision for you to say, I'm following Jesus. I'm going after the Lord. I, 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 I am going to, to, to follow this. The tr- I'm in this place where I'm going to make a decision that he's going to be the Lord of my life. If you're here this morning with everybody watching because you're not ashamed, you, you, you know this is real and you, you know you're not here by an accident. But you today you're like, you know what? Today I'm making a decision. I'm going to follow after Christ. I'm going to go after the Lord. I don't care who sees my hand go up. I'm going to follow after Jesus. If you're here this morning and that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to follow Jesus as the Lord of my life. I want Jesus as the Lord of my life. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Amen. 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 I have prayer teams here, and I'm going to ask you to do a brave, bold move this morning. And you said, man, I, that's me. I want Jesus. I want you to come to the front 
right now, I want you to step out. I want you to step right up here to the front, and we're going to say a word of prayer for you. Come on, come on, brothers, people. I, I want Jesus in my life. I'm making a decision to follow after the Lord. I'm not going to do my own thing anymore. I'm going after God. I'm going after the Lord. Come on, anybody else? Come on, I want Jesus. He's going to be the Lord of my life. He's going to be the Lord of my life. Amen, amen, amen. He's going to be the Lord of my life. I want to say a prayer, and I want you to follow along with me. And the prayer teams, I want you to gather around behind each one. Just, grab, just stand behind one. Put your hands on somebody. We'll just pray this prayer together. Would you say this? In fact, everybody, would you join me? Would you say it like this? Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. Thank you for the pressure. And I bow my knee and I make you my Lord and I will follow you all the days of my life in Jesus name Amen and Amen and Amen come on give Jesus some praise and thank you what a great decision come on come on Amen 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 come on I want to ask this question you're here this morning and you're like you know what this pressure you're talking about, I feel like I'm about to explode. I've been under so much pressure. I, I believe God's going to do something powerful this morning in your life. He wants to deliver you of pressure. He wants to set you free, but not just from the pressure, but just the fact that you want to run from the pressure. He wants to teach you, give you the strength to stand underneath the pressure. He wants you, he wants you to grow and become courageous under the pressure. If you're here this morning, you would say, Pastor, that's me. I, I've been under some pressure. I, I've been, I know what the pressure feels like. Raise your hand. Come on. Come on, raise your hand. Come on, all over the building. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I just want you to keep your hand up right there. Now, 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 I'm going to ask this. We're going to do what we call body ministry. <laughs> and, and I want, if you got your hand up and someone you're around and you don't, I want you, I want you to put your hand softly on someone's shoulder right there in front of you, around, beside you, behind you. Look around. You see someone's shoulder, their hand up, I want you to put your hand on it. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray right now in the name of Jesus. For this pressure, God uses this pressure. Come on, make sure everybody's got someone touching them. Amen. 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 Yeah. I want us to lead us in a prayer right now. In the name of Jesus, Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that you are delivering this person through the pressure. And even though there's a flood, Lord God, you are going to come through in a mighty way. And you are using this pressure to cause him to grow and increase. We're not going to run from the pressure. We're leaning into the pressure in Jesus' name. We thank you, O oh Lord God, that you brought us to this flood. And we embrace it as your will for our life. And we say, yes, Lord. Lord, use me and teach me and allow your glory to flow out of me all the days of my life. Pressure, God, that you've allowed in my life right now to give you glory and give you praise in Jesus' name. Can we give God some praise for that this morning? Amen.
he's doing. He's preparing us for something bigger. He's preparing us for something bigger, something greater, something larger. He's taking us from glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon a precept. He's positioning us. So I don't know, there's been a lot on my plate lately. Well, guess what? You need to get two plates. And you're going to have three plates. You're going to have four. God's doing some amazing things. Patrick's going to come and close us out. While he comes, turn to your neighbor and tell him, handle the pressure, baby. Handle the pressure.